right, you crazy kids. Uh, welcome to the greater. First of all, I want to uh, speak a bit about the, you know, the purpose of this podcast and why we're doing it. Because obviously we, we can't afford therapy, so that's why we're doing it. No, but honestly, uh, this is this podcast is going to be something really, um, you know, quirky for the Romanian scene. Obviously, we're based in Romania. Um, so I'm uh, Tibby, and I'll, I'll be joined by uh, by my friend um, Soso, um, and we're definitely gonna, you know, go over stuff like music, pop culture, uh, you know, stuff that's really important, news, and we're gonna have this little English podcast in the sea of Romanian podcasts. What do you what do you what do you think about this, man? I quite agree. Yeah. So definitely we're going to be running through, I guess, a bunch of subjects that interest us since we are a bunch of, uh, I guess, kids at heart uh, living in Romania. We do uh, or we do share a lot of common interests and, uh, like, I guess, streetwear is one of them. Hip hop, obviously, anything to do with the hip hop world, with the culture. So we're probably going to get a lot of subjects from that area and, uh, you know, whatever news comes by that is sort of interesting to us we're going to just take the greater to it sounds good man so you know for today's episode which is our first episode of course uh we're going to discuss a bit about what's happening in december that we see important and first of all we're going to discuss about a very important topic for the for the hip-hop community uh the global hip-hop community of course uh so you know at December 4th, which is also the name of a very beautiful song, if you ask me, has been Jay-Z's birthday. He is now, what is he now? Is he 51, 52? 51. So it's his 51st birthday. Um, Jay-Z is more than a half a century old. Um, by his official name, Sean Corey Carter was born on December 4th, 19. 19- 69 so right after the summer of love jay-z's mother delivered um what can i say i think jay-z strikes me as you know the greatest persona in today's rap stage uh obviously his his career has been blessed with with a couple of albums or uh, or more actually that are definitely uh, benchmarks of, of hip-hop culture. And not only the Jay-Z is obviously, he's obviously from New York. Um, he has been a global act ever since, my personal opinion, ever since Hard Knock Life. That's when he uh, got on everybody's radar. Um, right, Jay-Z. Listen, man. Uh, definitely one of the greatest, if not the greatest hip-hop artists to ever live. Like you said, the guy's 51. Uh, I've been listening to him my whole, probably, teenage and adult life. Uh, ever since the first album came uh, into my hands, which was a cassette tape. And I hope we do have listeners that have no clue what a cassette tape is. Uh, so the first album that we got on cassette was The Dynasty, Rock La Familia 2000. And ever since then, you know, we've been huge fans. Got a lot of respect for the dude. Um, definitely influenced. It was a us. bootleg cassette, nonetheless, right? Of course. Aww. You know, welcome to Romania. 
Eastern I, Europe, baby. I think like you, you popped your cherry on Jay Z, didn't you? We shouldn't say that. I have, I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> also, why would I pop my cherry on? on it's Jay-Z fine. Z's it's fine. Music? I thought you know you just said that before recording this, and I said you know I think it's it's kind of cool to share it with their, with our audience. But if these you don't want to do it, it's fine. These are all lies. These are all lies. I didn't, uh, yeah. What, in it's, what just song? Us, it's just us two here, Matt. So I'm, I'm just looking at at the. Uh, track list for the dynasty rock of family so what which one of these songs would i have preferred to pop my cherry to change the game not really romantic i just want to love you by the way great hit might exactly. be a good song might be a good song to get to pop your cherry on that's not a bad idea so i wish I, that had, was true and i just want to love you exactly so that's a really good song and, and especially the video i do remember the video on the boat with the with the girls you know it's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff to take in for, for, um, you know, for a guy that's hitting puberty. And I mean, I mean, all of us, obviously. And um, again, Jay-Z's influence, um, he was greatly influenced by, by the notorious B.I.G. That, that there's no secret there. Obviously, they knew each other. They, 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 they went on some tracks. I think they do have some two collabos together or, or something like that. They, they, they weren't quite in sync in terms of the, um, you know the, the 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 they didn't overlap much in terms of uh, the periods they were active in the game. So I definitely think that uh, Jay Z's career now is definitely a reflection of of um, of you know his his beginning in the game and the influence he took in from from all these wonderful artists. I mean, we could just name like uh, Pharrell, uh, Kanye, uh, Dr. Dre. Uh, even Coldplay's Chris Martin was obviously uh, around to, to produce for, for Jay and, and to be on really? tracks with him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I think that was definitely one of Dame and Jay's and uh, Biggs, you know, the whole Rockefeller team's, uh, I guess, strong suits, if you want to call it that, or their uh, uniqueness in the game. Like they had, you had a, an entire team backing up this one guy who's a phenomenal MC, and so the business moves you know were done correctly and then you had the entire hip-hop producer uh ensemble behind him as well so you can get beats from timberland to uh pharrell to kanye of course later in the years which obviously became one of the greatest ever so uh yeah it's kind of hard like it's 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 their business model was i think set to succeed like you couldn't fail with you know, having Dame behind you, Biggs behind you. Jay was a business guy. Uh, he's a great business guy, but also one of the best rappers. And then you get the best producers. That's a recipe for success right there. Like. You know, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned all these dudes. Um, back when um, I think the most, um, you know, collabo-laced album out there was uh, the Black Album, which definitely had producers ranging from you know all walks of life in terms of you know different um industry segments and different um genres so everybody was on on the black album that definitely uh put their put their stamp on on the quality on the sound as well and uh not only that um i think i must have uh, i must have told you this um 
a thousand times. Oh, my favorite song, my favorite Jay Z song is definitely Dead Presidents because I think it embodies Jay Z's whole style and, and the and the whole you know vibe of that time. Like the mid '90s was you know all the gangster movies, all the Martin Scorsese stuff going on, all the references and the lyrics. Uh, it was it was amazing. I think this is this is the go to Jay Z track, and I got a couple as well. Obviously, I'm a huge Kanye fan, and I think Never Change was was something that you know um, showed hip hop that you know dealing with these beats and these splices of of disco and soul is definitely a doable thing. And a lot of a lot of stuff followed after that. So that I think Never Change was sort of an um an eye-opener for other producers to to include more samples and and have hip-hop sound differently so um but i'm Definitely. just yeah i'm just yapping about what, what do you think no i i agree and so you were saying about never change it. that's on the blueprint album which also yep talk about albums man like this guy how many fucking classes does this guy have i am because i was just looking at track listings from albums and I just want to tear up. Like, for example, uh, sa same sort of uh, sound on that album, "Heart of the City." That is a great track. I think yeah, absolutely. And I think I think I'm so I'm embarrassed a bit because I meant "Heart of the City" because that's produced by Kanye. I don't think "Never Change" is produced by Kanye, is it? Well, it's, I'll have to double check on that. No, I, I meant I definitely meant "Heart of the City" because uh, obviously "Never Change" is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I'm not sure though if it's produced by Jay. I'm gonna get uh, by by Kanye. I'm sorry. Um, it could be though. Let me just see this. So you have Kanye West on a lot of these tracks. So check it out. Let's just run through this because fuck it, we got nothing better to do anyway. Uh, so we have on this album we have "Takeover," obviously the and that's the uh, I think that's the. Isn't that the Nas Dis? Yeah, I think so. so. That's produced by Kanye. Izzo, Hova, that's produced by Kanye. Hold up just a second there. Uh, Takeover is a response to Ether, or has was Ether a response to Takeover? We'll have to double check on that. But either way, Ether was a lot better. So, <laughs> sadly true. Uh, Takeover wasn't bad at either. Uh, all right, so let me see. Uh, all right, you know, so uh, Heart of the City. That's Kanye West. Never change Kanye West. Oh, so way, no. You are basically. I might have done that on purpose. Yeah, because he's awesome. These two great tracks were both produced by Kanye. Could have sworn one of them was fucking Just Blaze, though. Sounds like him. But they don't sound like him. I mean, they're all. They're, there was the, definitely they're all soul like. And um, that was Kanye's thing back in the day. Nowadays, nowadays Kanye is. Um, Let's just say he 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 drifted a bit apart. Not to say his sound isn't unique, but he drifted a bit apart from the from the from the good old days. But you know that's that's progress. Don't you know it? It, it you know beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So let's agree to that. I will agree to that, and I will not diss Kanye West openly on a podcast. And although I do not agree with his recent uh, sort of activities, be them they political or music wide music wise uh i'll tell you you know the guy changed the sound of music like twice maybe the entire musical hip-hop landscape you gotta give the guys his props and, and again i fucking hate the way he's, he's not to mention the shoe game I'm just saying um That's but fair. yeah 
no, you know, the thing with Jay Z, back back to Jay Z is, um, you know, they, they kind of drifted apart. I, I'm not sure, entirely sure what happened with with the whole Dame Dash thing, and they, they didn't see eye to eye, and they, they parted ways. And um, uh, well, strangely enough, um, I think uh, Dame Dash is involved with good music with Kanye's label now, if I'm not mistaken. I have no freaking clue. I didn't see anything. Is. But what do you know? What do you know that we can discuss about you little? F- <laughs> Shall I say, dear listeners, that that was uncalled for. Well, Shall we go back? Where the hell were? Where were we? You little shit. Right, Kanye. Wait, wait hold <laughs> on. So hold on. My opinion on Kanye is again. I, I, it's hard, man, because I fucking look, used to worship the guy, and now I basically almost hate everything that he stands for, and do not like necessarily anything that he puts out. So what you're saying is that you used to love backpack Kanye, but you hate mogul Kanye. See, that's you hating on the guy's success. Basically, that's exactly what you're doing. No, because I love what he's doing with fashion. What he sort of stood for the whole idea of you know these people won't let me in the correct rooms because they're a bunch of corrupt you know rich ass white folks that will not let you in all right we get that that's awesome that you're fighting for that and he obviously got a super deal and he shitted on nike when they wouldn't you know let him have a signature line he's like fuck you i'm going with adidas thumbs up for adidas for doing that but uh, other than that, you know, his political views and just the music and the messaging that he puts out well, and I'm the family I, he's related I, I, to. I don't think I don't think we should touch up on family and especially I don't think we should touch up on mental illness because I think it's a serious issue. And, you know, I think we should let let specialists to, to, to say their word on this. But um, as far as as far as Kanye being a, um, a visionary. I, I, I mean, he's exactly that. He is a visionary. Aside from these artists, which are, you know, are riding a, a wave of popularity or they are one-hit wonders, Kanye managed to actually be in, in, you know, in the public eye. And he always, you know, loved the attention. That's obvious. But the way he, he managed to reinvent himself, like you said, like when he was, you know, tossed aside by Nike and... Um, everybody was, you know, calling calling him on his debt, and 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 everybody was saying, like, this guy is off the rails. He's insane. Nothing he says is could, can can ever be taken seriously. But uh, look, I mean, if you check out, you know, Forbes and and, and all these articles, that are basically just brown nosing on him. Um, it's obvious to me that he is a very impactful um, voice in the industry, and not to mention the whole Twitter rant with the whole. Um, getting free from the label's uh, tight grip, which, you know, sort of like, you know, was a catalyst for these guys to, to have their voice heard and, and, and go on to Twitter and say or or contact their lawyers and stuff like that. So I think he's doing stuff. He's got his fingers in all the pies and he, he's definitely here to, to, to stay influence-wise, I mean. Influence-wise, for sure. I just think he comes off as a little bit crazy to, you know, us because we don't get... Well, we, we don't get to live his life. We don't get to be inside his mind. So he does come off a little bit crazy sometimes. Uh, I will say that is highly appreciative when you come out and, you know, uh, rant about contracts and then share publicly some shit that should, pro- or should Dude, not the, be shared. The, the guy literally posted 
a video on Twitter with him pissing on the Grammy. So that was fire. That was fire. I mean, come That's on. Gangster. Yeah, you know, and all speaking of which, you know, that kind of brings us into the whole uh, here and now where there's a shit ton of controversy uh, in the US around the Grammys because they're not recognizing like people like The Weeknd who got like zero nominations and shit. Like people are obsessed with these Grammys. <laughs> I, and also, how is that even possible? I mean, I, I hate the weekend. I, I, you know, I hate the weekend, but I'm not paying attention to him. But I, I know he's got like tracks on the radio nonstop. He's he sold a gazillion records. I mean, what's yeah. what's the stuff behind that? Yeah. What's the story behind that? Well, the story is so I don't know the exact story why they fucking like let him out or didn't uh, even consider him as a nominee. Uh, I know there's a couple of uh theories that i've seen online which are really funny and i but i didn't follow up we need to follow up on this or whomever's listening do it yourself and google it they're saying that whomever uh is attending or performing at the super bowl in that particular year the grammys tells them to fuck off and they don't fucking nominate them i don't know if that's true it is true for this one i need to check back i saw i think i saw on a reddit post like three or four examples where like the artist that was doing the uh, super bowl that year got zero grammy nominations that we which is fucking i don't so I don't so you know. reckon you we have to do a background check we we need to have a background check for, for madonna and justin timberlake for that year when he popped the popped her titty at that was uh, madonna the, that was a madonna that was, i said uh, madonna who was that uh that was uh oh yeah janet jackson oh yeah you're right oh my god well that's, that's embarrassing doesn't matter it was janet jackson i do remember her nipples pierced mm. so I, I'm, I'm just trying to have the main takeaways here. It doesn't matter. Face doesn't matter. The nipple was pierced. I, I know that. That's imprinted in my brain. It's ingrained there. Uh, so we got to check if Justin or, or, or Janet... Uh, Janet probably wasn't on the Grammy nominations, you know, for sure, because she was washed, washed up by that time, I suppose. Um, but Justin... I think it was in his. Uh, I think it was in his Timbo uh, produced album years. I think might be mistaken i don't know this is not a no listen we gotta we gotta warn these guys this is not a podcast about facts we're just two guys shooting the shit here all right so cut us some slack all right dude there's podcasts out there a thousand of them that have the facts all right we're just gonna do something interesting and not have all the facts which i think is half the fun again we can check that out later and we'll do it next episode tell you what i'll write it down no i won't i'll probably forget let's just say i will and just get it over with and i'll check out if that shit with the grammys is true other th other than that i have no clue why they. so you're, you're you're literally gonna stay stay here and, and and fact check some some shit that you know went off on on reddit you're, you're a I real mean, piece of work really honestly i mean who gives a fuck if it's real or not honestly who gives a fuck about the grammys either because so, they're let me just honestly, say uh for people in europe and just we don't really give a shit apparently in the states it's a huge deal i couldn't care less i don't think i've ever seen a full grammy show have you are you gonna tell me that some kid some some 18 year old kid that's blasting you know a rager the, the travis scott fans i'm sorry guys if i'm mispronouncing you know a rager right so that's a kid that bumps out travis scott uh, and where's his mom's lipstick or something? I don't know. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. You think he gives a shit about the Grammys? I mean, now it's the it's the age. This is the age of fucking uh, 
streaming platforms man and these labels are they're fucking pissing their pants all these labels are oh my god no the streaming we're a bit worried about streaming it's not a good idea because that's what t that's what radio said about the tv we don't think tv is a good idea well guess what may, it's a good idea may i interject uh the yes. labels <laughs> the labels actually own quite a big percentage of oh there we go uh, streaming companies so they're pretty much in the game so whatever the hell it and i think there may be a facade where people will sort of look like at the labels like oh god it's the reptile people that worship satan that is them. every sunday now what i'm trying to say here is that of course the labels own spotify and blah 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 but you know given the last uh you know the rant i was i was i was telling you about the kanye's rant on twitter i think uh these guys are gonna walk on eggshells from now on and, and these artists are gonna have the the chance to actually you know be like little farmers or they, they put out carrots in the ground they get out carrots from the ground and then that's it man they're not gonna go through this this funnel that bleeds out their money and and leaves them to do shows and you know do concert tours in their 50s like dmx is doing for a loaf of bread or something i don't know if he's doing that but i'm just saying you know it's <laughs> yo oh thank god we live like way far away from x i wouldn't do that if i was like anywhere near new york yeah i was just watching this this concert i think it was dmx at glastonbury so the guy was wearing some red timberland six inch boots and, and, a, and an overall with short short pants overall and he, i think he was he was just spitting it in front of must have been a quarter mil, million people and i'm not exaggerating by by one bit yeah i know it was a sea of people uh, it's, uh. yeah well a uh, quarter mil might be a bit huge but yeah i know the the images uh the concert was fucking great and x is still one of my favorite rappers uh to this day after getting that whole cd uh that you guys bought me in seventh grade for my birthday uh which we had and this is so eastern european uh my dad actually had a friend who owned a bar so we actually ended up having my birthday at a bar that closed down so we could have our little get together with juice. Oh my! It was the it was the soft drinks. It was like uh, that that the strange um, alternative soda. Let's Vimto. call it alternative Vimto. Exactly. It was like uh, dragon fruit and grape flavored. I don't I don't fucking know. It tastes like you know car wash or something. But it was. Yeah, it was it was great, bro. I, I remember we had we we given you this flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood copy. We 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 both, I mean, you know, the guys that were invited. We we had our little group that went to this uh, bootleg CD shop and said, "Oh my God, look at all these CDs!" Everyone, every CD was actually you know bootleg. Um, but they had everything was like authentic it was you know the, the images were printed on on the cd's surface uh uh they had the covers like similar to the original ones if, except of course they didn't give you a booklet they only gave give you know they only gave you a uh you know xerox a piece of paper yeah. yeah you know so, so, something like that and they were all made in russia or bulgaria or, or some country like that and um they occasionally had some in cyrillic writing on them uh so it was it was amazing like that and i remember just picking out this this uh, dmx flesh of my flesh blood of my blood album uh solely purely based on 
the visuals of it because it, it was like this this you know it was dmx that had a ton of cherry syrup or strawberry syrup on him that was resembling blood and uh, it was you know it was shocking to see and we thought it'd be a nice present and nobody said anything because parental guidance was wasn't around wasn't a thing back then was it uh no sir it was not they don't really did not give a shit they would sell you anything you got the money here's the cd have fun with it and yeah i remember those uh those covers the cd covers that was just like a little page no booklet like uh xerox copy of it i'd wonder if they had a machine to cut them because they would cut pretty well so i'll give them that much when they put the cd in but uh and i don't recall if the cd actually had an image i think they might have been actually printing the images on the cds at one point or not Probably not. Uh, or maybe that was a, a, in later years when they got CD printers. But uh, yeah, that album was the shit. And I remember, I think, first of all, why the hell do we... That's a good question right there. Why were there no girls at my seventh grade birthday? Did we not give a shit about them or did we invite them? I think there were some because there was like the, the, the you know, the... <laughs> it was a couple of, you know, starting lineup players. So we had the, the, the safe... Um, the safe go-to girls that would show up to the parties were relatively benign. The the the, the boys could uh, interact with them and they were comfortable around. Dude, um, but those weren't really you know. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and I think I remember. No, this, no girls. There's correctly, no girls? there were no girls at this one. I think the one you're thinking of where we actually got some girls were like eighth or ninth grade. I think seventh grade. We only give a shit about FIFA. Uh, probably music and football, just actually playing football. I think that those were our three main interests. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I think it was more of a more of a Mortal Kombat sort of thing. Back oh, then. and yeah, and MK as well. Yeah, yeah, we were coming off the Mortal Kombat, so we were we were like 13. So I've been playing Mortal Kombat since I was eight or nine. Obviously, that was a big issue back in, in the states where the, those games uh, first launched. Uh, not a problem here though. We used to play them like hell, and um, yeah, no girls. I, I I remember, and yeah, it was a sausage fest. But I guess it's all right. At thirteen years old, what do you expect? Like, look, I'm just hookers and beer bongs. It's you know, <laughs> I'm going off the whole uh, the sort of new parent rant where you're like, hey, back in my day, Billy, we didn't care about girls in seventh grade. So I'm just I'm just building that sort of up in my mind. So when my son comes to that age. Uh, or, you know, he's probably going to be into girls way earlier, so I can give him that speech over and over like, stop chasing tail, damn it. What else? What if he's not into girls? Or boys, whatever. The point is chasing tail. Like, you need to, you should have your fucking childhood. I guess. I don't know. Probably, I'm probably wrong. Fuck do I know about anything, about, about any of this. But all I know is, like, we did not give a shit about girls to, like, maybe eighth grade. So that was You fun. know, I, I think... I think there there's a time and a place for for everything, and obviously, obviously, uh, you know, I, I'm glad you mentioned this about the you know, the kid being you know my son. Um, hopefully, you know, whenever when the time comes, I'm hoping to to be around to actually, um, you know, give him my my side of the story and you know let him know a couple of things uh, that I've learned so far, but. You know, there's stuff like, um, you know, there's a lot of questions that are going to come up a lot earlier than, than 13, I think. And I, I, I think that today and, you know, 
you know, our 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 our, our sons are gonna be like they're gonna go to school in what years is gonna go to school in, in five years. Mine's gonna go to school in four years. So I think you know a lot of questions will will arise, such as you know stuff about sex and you know if if they do if the if the state does think it's gonna um be a good idea to introduce sexual education to seven-year-olds because i hear that's a thing now in civilized countries i'm thinking it's just a little bit too much to to chew on for for a seven-year-old kid you know i mean of course you should know that kids don't come you know they're not being brought over by the storks or whatever you call them in, in english but um other than that I, i'm pretty sure you know you know what you know a, uh, so I, I would normally agree with you in terms of like uh, based on our childhoods and if you base it on that yeah obviously you know like you said there's there should be a time and place for everything however I don't think kids kids these days so the amount of information that they have available especially when you take them to school and you can't control the environment that's going to mean that they are basically going to find out about a lot of this stuff from uh, other kids way sooner than we think so state intervention might actually be sort of welcome if you put it in terms that kids can understand that might be a good no, idea I, I meant I, I meant state intervention in terms of the curriculum that's being widely uh, yeah 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 so uh in terms of the information you can't control or you can't control when we're speaking about um different things uh about kids in particular i think that you know there are some private schools now that forbid the kids to actually go into the cl classroom with a with a with a cell phone so i think that's a great way to, way to go about things yeah yeah that's that's that seems like a great idea considering that i am what are we like 34 now i think so i keep forgetting my age man anywho and i'm stuck to this thing in my <laughs> hand it's like fucking glued on my hand i don't it's not only that but imagine back in our day when we used to destroy classrooms we used to destroy the, the teacher's authority and the teacher's <laughs> train of thought dude while while i mean uh, we, we didn't even have these these smartphones or, or things like that so it was just imagine now yeah it's like one of those memes good good young people just having fun no stress no phones needed or some shit like that. Yeah, I, I do not want to know. So I, it might be actually toned down now because if everybody's on their fucking phone, you know, maybe they're not going to destroy the classroom like we did because we did some wild shit when we were little. So I don't know. But yeah, you know, this whole sex ed in class is uh, obviously probably a discussion that would, uh, again, require some uh, psychologist's input here. But since uh, it's just the two of us... No, what I'm trying... All I'm trying to say is that I personally, of course, it's, it's it's just you know it's just a personal opinion. That's what it is. I mean, this, we we should be allowed to have our personal opinions look, on man, the podcast. Look, we? I'm sure we should. Look, look. Um, here's my opinion. Take it with a grain of salt. You want to teach your son something? Just sit him down. Sit the fuck down, Timmy. Listen to exhibit the foundation. That's all you need in life. Fuck out and play. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Uh, so oh, come on, that <laughs> no, was a good song, son. It was, it was, but it's a bit of a. It says a lot about you know um, broken families, I believe, 
doesn't it? As far as I can remember it? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. It's, it's more, as I recall, you know, just advice from a from a father to a son. Well, I wouldn't my I wouldn't want my son to take advice from Exhibit. Uh, shout out to Exhibit, no disrespect, but you know, I'm just it's saying obviously joking. Right, so we're back from a quick cigarette break. Well, that says a lot about us. It does, um, doesn't it? Yeah. It sh- it sure does cuz um, you know, I don't know exactly what the thing is, but back in our country here, we're just people are smoking more than any other country I've been to in Europe. So, you know, in Europe, there's a thing. There's a direct connection between the level of education and the people that smoke. Um, in Romania, I think that this is, you know, spread out spread out to all walks of life. And you see a lot of people smoking. Um, you see a lot of doctors smoking. You see a lot of... It's just, you know, I think it's a, it's a thing that's uh, specific to, to Eastern Europe because I remember, I don't know if you remember when we went to Serbia to, to Belgrade, and like everybody was smoking. So um, the, the Eastern Bloc is way more permissive or, um, you know, ignorant to, to the danger of smoking, right? Is it though? Because I think, honestly, it's, it's just, it just has to do with corporations kind of kicking the government over uh, in eastern countries or uh, southern uh, countries and I mean south of the world south of the equator um, countries where I think these corporations kind of got a a foothold in there and it's not really easy to stand up to them when your government it's basically made up of a bunch of corrupt shitheads so I think that has a, a lot to do with it because I've seen like, I think it was uh, on John Oliver's shit uh, at one point that they were discussing Philippines where they're selling cigarettes near schools and you can get them by the piece. And that kind of reminded me of Romania when, you know, not so far back, maybe 10 years ago, that's exactly what was happening in Romania. And we're talking about Bucharest here, right? The capital city. So yeah, you could get cigarettes from like quarters from the corner store, and you can get them by the piece. So that is just awful. Obviously, some some regulation came after uh, we joined the EU, but uh, it's too late for people like us because we got hooked on this shit. Definitely, I'm just looking at this chart here with uh, um, you know the consumption per the European Union, and you have. I'll say less than 20 cigarettes a day and 20 or more cigarettes a day. And Romania is, I'd say we're steadily in fourth position or third. Um, And we're only trailing Bulgaria, Greece, uh, Hungary, which is surprising. Hungary's Um, pretty low, though. What the fuck is going on in Hungary? These guys are like not smoking that much. No, no. Actually, it's pretty high if you look at oh, it. Sorry, look at yeah. the chart. There's a, so they're they're pretty. You know, obviously they're they're putting Turkey in here for some reason. They're not part of the EU, so I don't know what he's doing that. But Turkey's yeah, Turkey takes the cake by far. They're you know they're literally um, you know the number of people that smoke smoke twenty or more cigarettes a day is bigger than the number of people that smoke less. 
in terms it looks of that way, which is not it looks that way in Greece too, though. Yeah, yeah, which kind of yeah. has me thinking either people that were questioned here are full of shit, or and the people of Greece and Turkey are just honest. Uh, either that, or if this is real, I just can't believe it. So really, because I've you walk the streets here, everybody's fucking smoking. What the hell is this on about? Like, I mean, I'll, I'll believe like Poland is. Well, you know, you know these statistics. They they tend to have a margin of error. I'm, I'm not saying this one does, but um, yeah. So to to wrap things up about smoking, I think that it's uh, it's it's a tough thing for us because we started smoking at at an early age, and it's definitely a filthy habit. And you know, the fact that we have kids. Um, is not something that uh, puts us in a um in a in a good position to to control or to you know to guide properly so i think it's gonna be quite tough to at one point to to keep doing this in front of them because obviously they, they're like little monkeys and they want to replicate everything we're doing as parents and it's gonna seem it's either gonna be you know it has it, it has, it's a two-sided blade it's either gonna be an interesting thing for them and they're, they're gonna want to uh, take it up as a habit or it's going to be a disgusting thing for them and they're they're never going to um, want to have anything to do yeah, with it. Yeah, I don't so, I don't know about that, man. Because we... So I remember like my parents sort of instilling in me that it's a disgusting habit and me thinking that until we had them cigs in front of like McDonald's or wherever the hell we were hanging out in high school and that kind of <clears throat> destroyed me. I was like, whoa, this is awesome. Yeah, and not only that, it was the peer pressure, and not only the peer pressure, but the fact that it used to be something of, um, you know, actual uh, status. Like the, the the kids that smoked had this sort of uh, panache, this sort of thing where they were instantly a bit cooler than the ones that didn't, and it was a thing of status within that whole reputation uh, reputation system in, in high school, which is definitely high school is. Is one of the most complicated things that could happen to a teenager, especially from a from a orientation uh, perspective, and uh, you know from from a value selection perspective. But uh, enough about that shit. Sure. Enough about smoking. It, it, you know, kids, it's bad. Don't do it. Um, apparently, today I see a lot more kids are into in, into vaping and stuff of that nature, which is equally harmful, I, I believe. Uh, not enough, um, probably not enough studies on that, but not yet, but it's definitely going to be out there eventually. And I don't know. They just, uh, just like it was, just like it was with smoking. I mean, in the sixties, they said, you know, the doctor recommends you have five, five cigarettes a day for so you, but they're better for your concentration and they relax you. Yeah. Fast forward 10 years or 20 years, the Marlboro man croaked and uh, everybody was saying, Oh, this might cause cancer, you know? But they were just like tight-lipped about it because the big tobacco companies were snooping around. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of ties it all back, and we're gonna end this shitty subject now uh, into what I was saying earlier. Because you know, big tobacco—it's it, hard to fight those type of companies. At least they got the whole sort of—they uh, can't promo their shit around anymore so that's good news and uh, yeah to anybody that's a smoker there good luck telling, telling your kids it's not good I'm sure that'll work out just fine <laughs> yep so i hear you've you've prepared this subject um 
with a great eye for detail and there's something you're really excited about i wanted to speak about you know back um back in the at the beginning of december uh, disney came up with something uh in the verge they just went uh went on and announced uh, 52 things that disney just announced that's the title of the article and let's uh let's speak a bit more about this one if you would care to do definitely, so definitely definitely so uh, right off the bat just to confirm that i'm a bit of a nerd on these things and tb just hates these shits so it's gonna be a fun convo uh right so yeah we got a shit ton of shows coming up from disney uh in the coming year i guess uh shall i just i'll just i guess i'll just go with whatever the hell i'm excited about because like 51 what what are the key announcements from your your point of view what what excites you what what makes you go bananas in this announcement yeah exactly so we're just gonna talk about that because there's way too many to talk about in general so uh i, I like a shit ton about the uh the star wars stuff that they've announced so that's gonna be pretty interesting uh so we have uh you know it was sort of rumored that ahsoka was gonna be a new spin-off series from the mandalorian uh i think that one's gonna be great uh what else we have a couple of- it's gonna do well it's gonna do well in happy meals as well so this is all art kids you have to go see disney's latest take on, on the star wars universe because it's gonna be great and it's gonna be available in your happy meal it's gonna be available in whatever and uh oh my uh, god there you go again come on man like again i we've discussed it before like it's not uh so the new shows that i believe disney is prepping for and i'm basing this solely off watching the mandalorian which has been an awesome experience the new shows if they do the same if they give them the same treatment that they gave the mandalorian uh i believe they're going to be quite good and this is because they are sticking to uh so as just imagine because you you fucking seen the the old movies right the first three uh lucasfilm movies the star wars movies right so you there's stuff you like yeah i've seen those they're sort of like you know standard so yeah you have to see them again i think they were cool especially if i'm thinking about the fact that back in the 70s when they were made it was something of a revolutionary thing to have these special effects and not only have these special effects but to actually imagine all those things and uh actually have a beautiful cast i think uh some of the the people in the cast like uh um rest in peace uh princess leia forget her forget her name big coke addict wasn't she but that doesn't <laughs> matter uh no she was though it wasn't she it's it's not a secret i mean people have bad habits just like we have you know the smoking thing and we just discussed about but i'm just saying she she was put on the map by star wars by lucas uh i'm not sure if harrison ford did did uh, the indiana jones franchise before that i think he was involved in the indiana jones uh at the same time where, where he started off uh, playing han solo i'm not sure about that but anyway it, it had a really popular cast it was james earl jones which was a, a huge theater persona uh, portraying uh, uh, darth vader again a, a huge actor in theater uh, a lot of tonys under his belt and huge 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 actor james earl jones so shout out to james earl jones wherever he might be uh, but yeah, the, the first three were definitely something of a, of a symbol for um, right for Thank innovation you. and and the, and the sci-fi. And genre. Thank you for that rant. 
totally unnecessary. Shout out to James Earl Jones, nonetheless. But my uh, question was, so you sort of liked the three, the first three ones, right? They were... Yeah, they were right. right. So yeah. basically, mm-hmm. what happens with uh, with this new show, The Mandalorian, that you didn't watch, but your wife does, so I know that, at least one of you has some fucking sense to them, uh, is basically they're bringing back the whole feeling that you got from those initial shows, right? So if they take the same approach to these new ones, and might I mention, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi is getting his own show, so McGregor's coming back to that one, and uh, what's-his-face is going to be... Yeah, it's, I think I he, I hear it's going to be called Obi Wan Kenobi in the nursing home. Yes, right, definitely. That's going to be really interesting. Why you got to be? If I'm trying to use the force to get to the bathroom, he's not that old in this one. He's just this is just before. I know it's probably a prequel to the prequel to yeah, the prequel okay, to the I, prequel. I know, I, I know how these things look, go. Man, Disney Plus needs some fucking content. All right, they're like struggling out there and money obviously money mate this is what this whole shit is about however if you keep putting out like at least quality content then it would make sense for me to pay for your fucking streaming service whenever the fuck you bring it to eastern europe hi guys can you just bring it over here so we don't have to bootleg your shit thanks uh just saying um right so you have obi-wan uh, which is going to be a nice series hayden, uh, hayden christensen's returning as Darth Vader in a mask this time, so no worries there. You won't see, have to see his like really awkward. He was awful, wasn't he? I'm just, I'm just saying. I, it's not. I'm not even being biased here, but as an actor, he really is awful. I don't. I'm not. I'm not min- mincing my words here. He, I'm. I'm using the word awful here. Yeah, he's so. pretty bad. He's pretty bad. Like again, and this is. You don't need to be a Star Wars fan or not. That guy was just horrible. Poor guy. Lord, I don't know. So I, I do wonder, like, can you imagine, like, what the hell was going on in the casting department? Was Lucas involved in that? I'm not sure, but how did they cast this? Guy? I don't think I don't I don't think he necessarily was involved in it because uh, I'm not sure. I I know for a fact that Lucas was involved in the in the casting uh, process with uh, with the Phantom Menace with uh, the one with uh, Samuel Jackson and. I believe it was Natalie Portman mm-hmm. as well. Um, so that was absolutely <laughs> dreadful. Come on, it wasn't that bad. With, with the, yeah, with the whole frog that, character, the Jar Jar Binks character. With a, I mean, really, you're saying just, your 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 gripes are basically any Star Wars fans' uh, gripes with the prequel movies. So basically, uh, anything really to jar jar like people would just rather forget or delete if possible uh so yeah no look you're like any sensible normal headed person will tell you exactly if you if you whatever fault you find with the prequels anyone would agree with you so there's nothing controversial about that let me tell you some more so you got obi-wan so ewan mcgregor you like ewan mcgregor he's coming back as obi-wan that's gonna be fire whatever the fuck you say I will ignore it, and I'm telling you, it's going to be fire. Even though Hayden's in it, again, he's wearing a mask. Relax. You mostly have to see his weird, crying, angry faces or whatever. Right? So there's another one uh, that's a Rogue Squadron. So that's uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm not entirely... Obviously, it's going to be about a squadron of fighters. 
uh, and it's directed by uh, Patty Jenkins, who's directing the Wonder Woman movies. So that's gonna. Be- oh, oh, oh! Now, 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 I'm excited. No, I'm kidding. Now, the thing is, with the whole Rogue Squadron thing, it's probably nice in terms of profit because it's it's just gonna be CGI where they have the, those Tie Fighters and stuff like that. And get some actors in the green room. Boom! Here's your money, Disney. So it's gonna be fine. You know, it's. Uh, it's all fun I, and games. It might be. From what I've experienced is like movies like uh, the ones that don't necessarily tie into the whole Skywalker crap of fest of a uh, uh, subject. They're usually pretty good. So this one might actually be pretty good. And uh, so that, would, that, that that's actually going to be a movie, Rogue Squadron, not a series. And then um, there's also another Star Wars movie that's in development right now they haven't called the name of it but it's going to be directed by taika watiti what you think about that you like taika i think it's i think it's taika watiti 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 he is um he's a great director i i think i remember this um his movie on on vampires i think he did this this comedy with vampires which i can't the, the name escapes me but it was really really good and of course, uh, the one with uh, uh, Jojo Rabbit, which was, um, you know, some people love Jojo Rabbit. Some people, you know, thought it was a bit, you know, mm. but I think it was a, it was a great movie, especially because it was a whole different take. If you would have thought that uh, Tarantino did his the, the most unique take on World War on the World War Two thing, um, it's definitely. Uh, Taika um, Watiti was absolutely immense with with Jojo Rabbit. So yeah, I, I, that's See. exciting because it's finally there's a real director behind a Star Wars hey, project. Fuck you, Patty Jackson. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean after after George Lucas, of course. Patty, what's Yo, her she's, face? She's directed. She's directed. How many movies she directed? I, I'll man? get into it if you want. Check it out. Just give me Please. a fucking second. Anyway, I was gonna say that yeah, Taika is a great director and a great screenwriter. And I probably the only reason Jojo Rabbit or other movies of his, uh, like what we do in the shadows, which was the vampire one, which was fucking hilarious. Uh, the only that's 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 the name. The yeah, only reason good. why these would be sort of disputed in terms of uh, uh, you know globally is because some people just don't get his humor, and that's okay, I guess. But I, I find his like sense of humor uh, wonderfully entertaining, if you want. So let me see here for for Patty Jenkins. There we go, Patty Jenkins. Uh, so for film, she had oh my days. She didn't really. Oh my. All right, we're gonna. She just got she, a, a move. She got Monster under her belt. You know the one with Charlize. Well, that's immense. The one yeah, with Charlize Theron. Yeah, that was that was good. Writer. Did did she did she do the Hurt Locker as well? I believe she was. Uh, it's not somehow. It's not. I know. I saw that somewhere. It's not mentioned uh, on the Wikipedia page, but I think she had something to do with that. She has. She had was just a director or something like that. But uh, Wikipedia only mentions Monster. Uh, Yo, is Patty Jenkins uh, James Cameron's wife? Her his his ex wife. Even let me just see because uh, I'm I'm already you know, on it. So let me see. I I th- nope. I don't know. I don't married know. some dude Sam Sheridan, a former firefighter and the author of a book of fires, a fighter's heart. You have a son in Santa Monica. Oh, 
Good for yeah, you. That's... So no, basically. Right. Nobody so she cares, directed anyway. Monster, and she, uh, she was writer on it. So that's pretty good. Wonder Woman, she directed. But what 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 Patty Jenkins did, however, was direct uh, the killing, which is one of the best well, series I have ever seen, ever. It's produced by AMC, I think. Uh, but I'm trying. I'm trying to see here. Um, right. So the the killing is please a go on. good fucking yeah. show, right? So she was the director apparently on the pilot, uh, and she won. So anyway, yeah. what I'm trying to say is, you know, give the gal a chance. Not a bad fucking director from what we can see in her uh, history. Moving on from uh, Star Wars related. Thank Jesus. Oh, don't worry. There's more shit you don't like there's (laughs) there's um there's more shit from disney on the marvel side so right so rather than just me um discussing or sort of enunciating stupid you want me to tell you what i'm interested in this article not necessarily the article just give me like a name from the MCU that you know of and give a shit about because otherwise we, we can't go through fucking 40 shows. Nobody cares. Yeah, I think my favorite whole, my favorite character from the from the Marvel comic universe is probably um, uh, Iron Man and then I'm I, I think I'm a huge fan of the, um, of the Guardians of the Galaxy because, you know, Chris Pratt and whole take on on, on, the, on the subject and, and the soundtrack and the whole universe in which these these characters are, are flowing is is absolutely super fun. So the, the Guardians of the Galaxy, I know they have something going on, right? Uh, the new one, I believe, is coming in 2023. So shit out of luck, buddy. And Iron Man's dead, so, you know. Well, you that's go. it for me, man. Years, it's or two years <laughs> peace and tranquility because I, I see we're gonna have the she-hulk here because <laughs> why not right it's gonna be a series yeah, um, plus. yeah. but it's still gonna be uh i hear i hear that she-hulk is still gonna be played by mark ruffalo that's a that's a good choice it's gonna be it's gonna be a double <laughs> nah. role so that's you know the guy's so versatile the the range show <laughs> you it, it's an it's incredible so I hope I really hope they're going to tackle you know touchy subjects um, in, in in the She Hulk such as the radioactive menstruation. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just going you know I'm going on a limb here because I want this stuff to be you know educational for the kids like the She Hulk like look man she bled all right so right. what about not as so, you know that's, that's a good question as, that's a good anyway, question uh, what about what about the He Hulk. In that case, so was this come radioactive? Do you think it was? Well, I, it absolutely was. Was it fluorescent? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. So these are questions. These are all questions that uh, deserve an answer. So, so the guys from Marvel have endless, endless, endless sources of inspiration. Um, I hear that uh, whatever happened to the whole Morbius project with uh, what's his face, the guy, the dude from Thirty um, Seconds to you know the guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's his? Uh, uh, oh my lord! What's his? Uh, James Leno? No, Jay not James Leno. No way. Uh, <laughs> <Jay> Leno. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Oh my god! This is embarrassing. The, the guy. I, I like the guy. I love the guy. He played in the Tal- D- Dallas Buyers Club. Um, he got the Oscar for it. 
I, I even went can to his show. Me the wife... Can you hear me Googling his fucking name? Who are you, you son of a bitch? What is your name? Jared Leto. There you go. Uh, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Jared Lettuce. Anyway, the thing is, uh, he had the Morbius. I, I even, I, I even, I even saw the, the, the Morbius uh, trailer. I think you think correctly. Uh, that came out. It, uh, I think it was a couple of months ago. That thing. It's the Morbius movie is still on. Uh, probably do. Uh, I think it was on. It was due this October, but you know, obvious reasons. Uh, it was uh, postponed. I'm not sure till when, but it's probably coming out next year when they think, you know, people might get. Uh, there we go. So initial, it's it's supposed to be released in March 2021, maybe. March 2021, maybe. So yeah, it's got no chance of being released. Anyway, um, I see that Don Cheadle is going to be uh, starring this uh, War Machine uh, series. Um, in which he's going to be fighting an evil Iron Man. Oh boy, the Look, excitement! Man, anyway, uh, not every one of these you might give a shit about, but uh, you know it might. So this is sort of like their again. Disney Plus launched. They had like two or three, you know, new original shows other than their fucking huge catalog, uh, and basically they needed to bring shit to the market, and this is them bringing and telling you. Dudes, we have 51 fucking shows for the next three years. Get with the beat. So now they're going to be, 2021's coming around. They're going to be launching in uh, Eastern Europe as well. They're going to be launching in Asia. Uh, so yeah, shit ton of countries more, shit ton of money more. Uh, not to mention, and I hope they do bring this to uh, our side of the pond, if you will. Uh, I I hear that we're gonna have Disney Disney Plus available um, as early as um, June 2021. So that's that's gonna be a you know a strong um, possibility of that happening. Uh, I see one more thing that I, I might be interested in here, and that is what's that? Lay it on me, big boy. Uh, I think that is the the Fantastic Four project because I you know. I'm really curious to see who they cast in the roles. Is there any rumor of who might be the 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 new uh, Mr. Fantastic and who might be the guy that's that looks like a turd, uh, the guy built from rock? <laughs> I, I, no, he does look he does. like a turd. He, no, I mean, he does. He does. Back- He's like you know that he looks like multiple turds that came to life. Like your turds. <laughs> yeah, so like a yeah, sort of like a Lego made of turds or something. But he, now, the he, only so uh, I'm not again super versed in this. The only rumor that's been going on for like three years now is that John Krasinski should be playing uh, Mr. Fantastic. It's pretty fucking nice. Oh, that is cool. I love John Krasinski. Ever since the Office days, he, he's been great. I've been watching even his shitty show on Amazon, the, the mm-hmm. Jack Ryan thing. Well, it was all right that one. Uh, super cheesy, but it was all right because he's a he's he's this really cool guy uh, you know he looks like a good guy um i hear they they have a name attached to the director's position to the director's chair this john watts guy what he john directed the all the spider-man movies that's uh what i know oh my uh, lord not sure of his past di- directorial uh endeavors but i know he directed uh at least two of the 
uh, Spider-Man MCU movies. All right. So, and I think he's directing the the next one as well. The one where um, the one where um, Cumberbatch is going to make a an appearance on Strange Doctor Strange Universe is going to intertwine with the Spider-Man universe. Yeah, understand. listen, man. <laughs> no that's really gonna happen i'm just reading this article and pretending to care but it's like you know Look, you want to move on just... to something we do care about uh, let's do that let's do that yeah, you know well this is kind of one-sided uh, we'll, we'll we'll probably we'll see whatever the hell this turns into uh and by this i mean the podcast but if people are actually give a shit about uh our views in terms of comic books will make it a, a thing you know what i mean or at least comic book movies because again eastern europe we didn't get a lot of comics guys so don't hate oh of course we I did man we had that uh we had that uh, rahan character didn't we the one with the for real it was a it was a comic book it was a comic book you know mm-hmm. um it was just as good as any other comic book because it was just as you know uh soulless and you know void from any 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 um emotion or artistic quality so i think and it was a comic that's book. where basically we will fail as a podcast if you keep saying shit like that but no go ahead <laughs> no i'm just kidding are you Dude, serious like a lot of people it's opinion it's opinions like these that that generate reactions whether it's a fuck you reaction or uh oh my god i love this reaction you need to have all all you know all ranges i agree with you that maybe comic books should not be taken up as an art form but oh no they definitely should i was just i was just taking a a friendly jab at them because obviously i've seen all these things man it's not like i've been you know sheltered for them uh, and some of them i really enjoyed like the you know the the, the avengers and and, and, and we're uh, not just talking movies here though that's uh, that's something you need i know that's a All bit right. much you know when netflix no, no, launched no, no, the whole thing shows. It was like, i'm uh, talking about literal so i was speaking about literal comic books where uh you know this shit has well in the western world this shit was like really important some people like some sort of like you know how you had like caricatures in uh in eastern black countries uh to sort of make fun of the regime at the time and so on and so forth so that's there's a lot of times where <clears throat> writers and uh people that were drawing comic books in uh mainly probably the us i guess that's where the whole thing started and is the biggest uh they would use these comic books as a way to satire as a way to sort of uh you know take jabs at the current uh people in power at that time so you know, they're sort of important to that whole area of the world. We had other ways to manifest that. So, you know, I'll give it that. But they do have a culture importance from that point of view. Obviously, then that shit turned into like whatever the hell it's turned into now, which is basically a cash grab and a money making machine. However, can't. I agree. I agree. But let me tell you one thing uh, in terms of comic books. I know the comic books have been, have been hugely. Um, let's say reintroduced to the to the mass audience but when you say the comic books were popular in the western world um they were popular in the u.s i think comic books weren't a thing in western no, europe yeah i corrected myself um, i corrected myself mid-sentence there 
probably just the U.S. So I'm not. I, that would be something interesting. Like if we have at one point any listeners from, I think, hope to God we do, from Western Europe, like they can let us know, and we'll give you the exact channels once we figure them out to let us know that. Uh, though, though, if you look, if you look at the comic book uh, phenomenon. I think there were two characters that were widely popular around the globe, and that that w- they would be Superman and Batman, because they had shows back in the '60s. Like uh, Superman was the, the Christopher Reeve uh, character was widely popular, and he was you know everybody knew who Superman was, even in even the, in the Eastern Bloc, where people used to bootleg VHS cassettes and have these movies on tapes and stuff like that. But I'm just saying that yeah, that was a widely popular character, just as Batman was the Adam West edition. Uh, where uh, everybody was in, in in on the whole Batman and Robin thing and the quirky music and stuff like that. So, not not necessarily. I mean, the shows, of course, and you know, in, in Superman's case, the movie. So, so they had a clue, but but the Marvel things, I think they were only popular in the states. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, like no, I think yeah, DC sort of got a strong foothold in uh, the visual uh, domain. Uh, audiovisual, if you will, uh, early on, and so yeah, you had Superman movies, you had Batman show. I, I don't think the Batman TV show was that popular in or, or on this side of the pond. I don't think so. Again, not speaking. Maybe the Brits got it. I don't think we ever saw it on national or whatever the fuck television uh, ever because that was in the 60s, 70s, or something like that. So no, but we definitely got the the VHS tapes of Superman movies, and I do. I, do sort of recall that my parents saw some of them uh i was way too young i don't remember if we ever got it on vhs but yeah no definitely dc got a foot in there way earlier and in terms of like if you will characters i think dc has the best flushed out characters uh out of the whole and if you if you look at the whole at the whole thing they did with uh i i i personally you know, aside from I'm not going to mention the Christopher Nolan Batman because I know it pisses you off because I'm always comparing it to the other comic book movies, and I know that's a special take on the comic books, so it's not it's not a conversation to be had because uh, obviously. And hold on, um, just hold on there. So that is a conversation to be had in terms of that. So the whole Christopher Nolan uh, run is based on a comic book run. So I don't. I'm not a hater on it. Uh, I think the acting was huge on it i think the uh directing was great on it uh a bit overdone at some points and the only thing i hate about the christopher nolan movies again this is the only fucking thing i have to uh sort of uh you know as a reproach to the to those movies is the fucking batman voice why does he sound like this is it dude I think I think that gives it. I think that gives a uh, gives it a bit of flavor, and I think that Bale, Christopher ba- uh, Christopher Bale Christian Bale Christopher Christian Bale is is doing a great job. But he's usually the type of actor that he is. Let's just say he is. He ha- he has range. He has a, a, range. a lot of range, and he and he just you know kills every character he does. He is absolutely wonderful. He's such an intense. I think he's he might be the best actor of his generation. I, um, I will my not at least. argue or not not argue, but I won't like kill you for that statement because. And I've just recently seen the uh, his 
Ford versus Ferrari. I've seen Ford versus Ferrari. Great. Oh, that's some good right. movie. Right? And I've seen the, the Dick Cheney movie as well. I think it's just called Cheney. That uh, is amazing, the, the right? guy. Let me tell you, like, he's just out of this world. And and there's tons of examples. But I, well, all I'm trying to say with the voice is that he had a couple of takes on the voice the Batman should have. And Nolan said, look, he said no to one, no to two, no to three. And then they agreed upon uh, on this one. And... Uh, Again, it is a bit of a dorky thing to do the voice. I, I, I've seen, I even seen Ben Affleck try to borrow a bit from the whole thing, and uh, of course, that was that was a massive failure. We're not going to mention the Ben Affleck version because I don't want to get upset now. Because Batman is my favorite character, and uh, in the comic book world, and uh, that was just awful. We're just waiting for the Zack hold Snyder cut. That's all hold, I'm saying. Hold the fuck um, on. So you think? So what, what's wrong with like Affleck's like? Uh, first of all. Affleck, Affleck's voice in the Snyder movies is clearly digitally sort of hidden. His voice is digitally hidden by or modified by his costume. So I don't see that as a huge drawback. Uh, I would literally prefer my super tech-empowered superhero to have a digitally... Uh, modified voice rather than just going like this <sighs> where is he joke listen bro you need to relax and lay off the steroids where's the trigger where's Bane? lay off, lay so off was, uh... the steroids with the fucking bat voice that's all i'm saying other than that those nolan movies were perfect moving on from those i think your point was i think you were going to start shit on marvel yeah, i was gonna say about the DC. No, I wasn't going to share on Marvel because obviously Marvel uh, made the the whole you know movie genre, uh, the whole they basically reinvented the whole comic book genre, and they just released tons of content. Whereas DC just was just you know they they did these they 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 probably did something along the lines of oh we have to do something these guys can't win, and you know they did these things which were rushed in and and no good. And uh, hopefully now the, the, the new Robert Pattinson movie is going to be just, I think it's going to be great. Uh, but aside from that, I was going to mention the whole Tim Burton version of Batman, which I think uh, it for me, it's quite close to the, the, to the Nolan thing because those are classics. I mean, you get in the first one, you get, um, you get Jack Nicholson, you get Kim Basinger, you get Michael Keaton, uh, you give, uh, you, then then when Batman returns, you get Danny DeVito, you get Chris, um, you get um, Michelle Pfeiffer as well. So it's absolutely amazing. Those two movies, the, the grittiness, the Tim Burton thing of doing things like the, the Corpse's Bride uh, style of, you know, music and, and you know, the darkness of it is it does justice to the whole Gotham City uh, universe. And, and of course, you know, of course, Marvel is going to be ahead because that's, you know, they have the disadvantage, they, they, which, you know, releasing massive amounts of the stuff. advantage being what of actually making movies make sense and not so listen bro uh dc's uh superman so the snyder superman obviously i agree with you in the nolan ship look, I, 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 look let me tell you i loved i loved the new superman movies i'm sorry but i, I, I agree think they were look, great the super that's what i was gonna say the superman movie the first one wasn't that bad bro it wasn't that bad at all Obviously, it was it took a bit of a darker tone versus Marvel, but then again, you're coming in late to this like whole 
sort of blockbuster comic booky uh, movie thing. So you should definitely take the Snyder version of it and go a bit dark. Yeah, exactly. Like I love the whole part where Superman sort of struggles to, into killing Zod at the end. You know, it's really dark. You don't see fucking people snapping people's necks in Marvel movies, right? So that's pretty cool in my respect. The only issue, so like, dude, like the Superman movie was nice as hell, but then when he took it to Batman v Superman, like I don't know who the fuck made this. In- I think that was that was that was close to to having him. Um, there was there was something with the they had to rewrite a portion of it. I'm not quite sure about the whole you know details around this thing, but it it, it, it was something that that messed up the production so that they they didn't uh, stitch you know the writing and the shooting and the. It, it seemed a bit it, it seemed a bit um you know lo- yeah. loose at the scenes yeah so well the, the point is like and again like the whole i guess the, the the plot of it wasn't that humongously bad but like it the whole martha thing just like ruined it ruined it what are you saying so so listen you're upset with the nolan thing because of an internet meme and you're upset with the snyder thing because of an internet meme as well i mean all these popular, um, you know, digs at the two movies, the voice and the Martha thing. I was like, the Martha thing was just poor writing. That was immensely poor writing. That was just embarrassing. I'm sorry. How am I being ridiculous by like, dude, I, I watched that movie. Like I was actually buying into the plot. Uh, it wasn't that bad. You know, the whole Lex Luthor, obviously I was wondering why Superman could just like whatever the go save his mom and then just snap this guy's neck but whatever the fuck ever i was into the plot it was going fine the minute he said martha i was like all right i'm done fuck you fuck you no hell no no fuck this shit and also the voice is the voice (laughs) is just something that threw me off and i obviously and again that that was a gripe not necessarily me saying the movies are shit because they're great so overall, they're great. I just have a little problem with the voice. I can get over that. Nolan movies, great. This one, total fuck up because of the whole Martha shit. For me, like, <laughs> yeah. And I think Ben Affleck was, although he does look like Batman physically, he he can embody Batman. He does look like you know, the whole manly jaw thing. He's a big guy, but Ben Affleck, um, kind of like the older version of Batman in the comic books, right? But I'm, I'm just saying that uh, I think he was, <laughs> I, I think that he wasn't really invested in the role. It wasn't a thing for him to do. Um, I don't, look, I even think that the Henry, the Henry Cavill um, character for Superman, I, I'm not a huge fan of Henry Cavill. First of all, um, it's Cavill. He, or have you now? Second of all. Well, let's just pronounce it American, all right? Uh... <laughs> we're speaking american here right uh yeah so, so well, by the way thanks for the pronunciation lesson here uh much appreciated son the the thing is let's go because let, where did we start this off with uh we, we said uh i think i mentioned something about batman i have then, no clue where were you going where you were going with cavill on this i think you said you kind of like him but you don't no no i said i said i i said i don't think batman i don't think ben affleck is suitable for the for the batman thing whereas uh, the new batman the, the pattinson batman i think pattinson is basically suitable for any role so i, I think he, he's gonna murder it 
whereas the um, the Henry Cavill, um, am I pronouncing that it right? Correct, Henry Cavill. No. Well, there we go. That is correct. Well, thank you very much, darling. Um, I, 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 he's not, he's not selling it. I mean, it's all right. Anybody, any, 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 any handsome dude could play Superman, and he's not much into the. Anybody could play, you know, the world's strongest man, and I don't think it's that important the the, the casting for, for Superman. Of course, they, you know, <laughs> uh, they're not gonna cast Paul Giamatti as Superman, so they're gonna go for a guy with a six pack <laughs> with a nice face, right? Uh, not not to say that Paul Giamatti isn't great. Shout out to Paul Giamatti; he he is wonderful. Uh, what where are we gonna, we're gonna again? We left it off at the Fantastic Four. You mentioned that uh, Krasinski is gonna be allegedly playing. That is a rumor, and yeah, we started the whole. whole what we really do is just diverge from points. Anywho, we okay. do. It's yeah, it's, it's, telling, a, man. it's a whole river of ideas. It's a talent, I'm telling you, uh, right. Um, so yeah, no. So that's that's the only rumor there. Rumor that I've read online is that uh, Krasinski might be playing uh, fan, uh, Mr. Fantastic. Not a bad pick. Moving on from that, shall we skip to the new subject, or do you want to go into further detail on the Marvel? Uh, I would like whatever is behind door number two, and that would be the uh, next yeah, subject. There we go. Hope, door yeah. number two. Door number two, and obviously. We did not plan for this in pre-production because we suck. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, like, look, boy. I'm going to give you some homework for next episode, which is... Um, Don't I just love homework? You know, I did back in school, in high school, I used to love homework. You know me, man. Just I'm all save about those homework. stories for like episodes where people give a shit about us. Anyway. Star Wars episode one. Right. I'll, I'll give you them. No, I'm sorry. Check it out because we we had a bit of a, a private discussion about this about Eminem and uh, so what the fuck was his last album called? Murder, uh, music to be murdered by. He just released the deluxe version of that uh, album, which has a couple of new tracks. Well, not a couple actually. Right? No, hang on a second. What's the title again? Can you can you read the title again? By. See now, the guy's sixty years old, and he still titles his album like he's twenty and going on a, you know, Mountain Dew and Cheetos bender. I mean, really, bro? It's just it's it's funny because I know. See, I think you have the same uh, reaction to Eminem that I have to Kanye, which is really funny because you, you you're like hating on the guy, like, dude. Again, I'm not hating on Eminem. I'm just saying, like I told you before, I think he should do the whole Bruce Springsteen thing. He should tour, tour the world when it's possible, of course, and uh, play 20 of his greatest hits because I'm sure he can muster 20 hits because he does have more than 20 hits, if you ask me, and he could enchant the audience with his wonderful music. But without trying to actually just, you know, I think, he you know it, it it has reached um a full stop i think his his whole you know bag of I'll stories and i'll tell you what i agree with you on that one i will tell you this though like this whole so the the first iteration of the album i think i liked like two songs off that shit and i find it highly confusing that he had songs with like juice world which was like kind of hype and 
sort of speaking into the new world. And then he had hot, uh, songs with Ed Sheeran. Uh, so, so you're saying this guy, Juice World, that's his name, Juice World, right? Um, he swallowed a shit ton of drugs uh, while the police were, uh, you know, going to raid his private jet and they were going to find massive amounts of drugs. But he could have just wrapped him up in a condom or something, just like, you know, regular mules do, or regular drug people do, right? It's like swallow them whole like that. Just bad I business, bro. don't know how that works, bro. Well, anyway, he, he died, so rest in peace, Juice World. Let's not just give too many shout-outs for a guy that swallowed a ton of drugs to save his Look, skin. apparently this was a big thing in the U.S. But anywho, so the new one has about, I think, seven to, or eight songs. God knows how many, because these deluxe albums confuse me on Spotify. But I did listen to a couple of the tracks, and I'll tell you, like, there's one called my uh, Book of Rhymes, reminds me of Nas's shit uh which is featuring dj premier because he did the scratches on it it's quite uh, it's sort of interesting uh and he basically goes on a rampage of rap if you will if i may be permitted to use this uh term so basically he just like shits on half the fucking rap world flow wise so the guy can like flow uh and there is a song uh zeus where he kind of takes a jab at snoop dogg who took a jab at him which is really funny so check it out so back in i'm not buying into it man it's just they're just you know some 50 year old dudes who want to stay relevant like getting on beefs and stuff i mean come on who gives a shit about the snoop and eminem beef i haven't even heard a, a thing about it it's not like you know it's not like the whole Pusha T and Drake thing, which was humongous. That was great. But no, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Please go no, on with the Snoop Dogg right. thing. No, but it's just a little jab. <laughs> it's just a little jab. Like I think there was an interview where Snoop sort of said that he was uh, not in the top ten lyricists of all time list for him, which is, as I perceive it, totally normal. Like fuck you, it's Snoop Dogg. And fuck you, it's his own personal sort of top 10. Well, I'll I'll put it this way. I don't think Snoop Dogg is in the top 1,000 lyricists, if you ask me. But hey, that's another story altogether. Do you remember the, do you remember the, what was the, the freestyle show called uh, on the, on the, B, the BET freestyle uh, show? Big Tigger? I think was it was Big Tigger, right? And it was called for the basement. The basement, yeah, the rap basement or something. Uh, I remember Snoop Dogg just being there on a freestyle, and I was just like, oh my God, what is this going to end? About, so, what do you mean what I'm talking about? It was a horrible off-the-dome, quote, quotation marks, off-the-dome. It was horrible. If you compare it to Lil Wayne or, like, you know, guys that can really... There's your, there's your problem. Snoop Dogg, look, man, Snoop Dogg has gotten to the point... Uh, that he has without being the most lyrical rapper out there. There's a reason why Snoop is so cool, which is basically his flow, voice, and manner of handling himself. If you check out, and I specifically uh, recommend you check out Snoop Dogg's, uh, and let, let me just check this, whatever, just eat. So uh, for European and Romanian guys, takeaway. 
which is the fucking uh, service for uh, food delivery. Uh, it's called Just Eat in the U.S. And Snoop Dogg has a campaign, a promo campaign with them. Uh, and there's a video for uh, Doggy Dog Christmas by Snoop Dogg featuring Just Eat. So this is basically a commercial for Just Eat. Christmas themed by Snoop Dogg. And let me tell you, bro. I played that shit in the house. Shit sounds fire. Mostly, obviously, the lyrics are, again, this is not lyricism. But the guy's voice is just a fire. I, I agree. I agree. The voice is definitely unique. And, you know, there's going to have to be a whole lot of years passing by to see somebody sound remotely close to what Snoop Dogg sounds like and the, his whole cool demeanor and his whole you know attitude and stuff like that I understand that but, but he what? is I think he's but, but what like but he's what? the fucking king what the fuck are you gonna say let me tell you something. you're gonna say you're gonna stay there you're gonna stay here and tell me the Snoop Dogg is the king I mean really in terms of what I mean the culture he's widely accepted because of his uh, involvement in the you know and that whole birth of West Coast hip hop, where he was at the forefront of, of, of that whole gangster rap thing, he was. Let me interject you know, right there and ask you a quick question. I want you to think really hard about this one. So I'm going to keep talking while you think about it. You try to think. So again, we're from Eastern Europe, right? We're from Romania. And you've been certain places in the world. Think about what other names of hip-hop artists ring off like Snoop Dogg around the fucking globe. So just think about your... And you know about a little bit about cultures. You've seen... You've been a, in a bunch of places. You've seen videos of a bunch of places. Just think saying Snoop Dogg or playing Snoop Dogg music in clubs around the world, whether it be Eastern Europe, Western Europe, Dubai, you know, uh, you go to Asia, you go to New Zealand, you go to Australia, you go wherever the fuck around the globe. And you tell me, other than maybe Tupac or maybe Biggie, Legends, you tell me another rapper that's probably, and obviously Eminem's in there, but like Snoop Dogg is, from my point of view, one of the staples. Like if you go anywhere and you put a Snoop Dogg song on, or if you say Snoop Dogg around the fucking globe, it's a big ass globe. They will know who the fuck you're talking about. So you want me to give you Either another give name? Me another name, or tell me I'm wrong about this. You're not wrong, definitely. But there's like, you know, some other dudes as well. There's a, I think Jay Z's got the same ring to him. I think, uh, I think Fifty Cent has got the same popularity. I don't think so. Easily, I think, I think there's no club owner on the face of this earth that does not know you know um yeah what's what's it called in the club by 50. i don't think that's possible you, you know i think snoop dogg is great obviously he is great he is you know again west coast through and through and he he meant he means a lot for the unit for, for the for the culture but to come and say the snoop dogg is somehow a lyricist or he is by no means a lyricist he is I'm sorry, but he's not. He, he he he's great with 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 the rhymes in that they sound 
they rhyme or if that's the main condition all right he rhymes but all right so we can, we, i guess we can agree that. we can agree <laughs> that he's a great artist altogether he definitely is he definitely is and he is one a huge cash making machine exactly so that's what i was um, saying so he's one of the uh, most renowned sort of hip-hop names in the world thus he can basically make uh, a shit ton of money doing other shit and i love the way that snoop Dogg. speaking because we were speaking about jay-z earlier uh you know and the way he's handled himself business-wise i think snoop Dogg has sort of taken his persona and made it super appealing to the you know going for the west coast gangster like you don't want to fuck with this guy to the guy that has shows with martha stewart persona that's pretty fucking cool okay he he's selling his image i'm not saying he but he's not really a businessman is he i mean he's selling his image like uh, some sort of a you know for cheap thrills and <laughs> of course cheap thrills um but um he's not a businessman i mean diddy is a businessman um jay-z right. is a businessman I'll give, you, uh, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, you know. he, he might. So he might not be as prominent into to our eyes. So again, and obviously this is like you said, just opinions. So uh, in terms of public uh, uh, perception of Snoop, I doubt that either he has a genius business manager or he's maybe a good businessman. I'll give you that much because we don't know that because obviously all we get is the public persona, and I'll give you that much so all right so that was the whole eminem shit so let's listen listen moving on from snoop dogg because we started off from eminem's new shit uh i would recommend you listen to uh the deluxe uh v version of his uh of his latest album i would say it's worth listen obviously there's no real playback value uh, value there because like you said and i sadly have to agree with you like you know he should not necessarily stick to but because we grew up or most of us grew up on eminem's older shit this is kind of hard to swallow or most of his new shit is hard to swallow but it's worth a listen he has a couple of songs there just for the fucking lyrical ability i'd say what's what's, what's the title of the album again songs to get killed music by to be murdered by music uh, music music to be murdered deluxe by, that's deluxe some great stuff bro we have here's Great. something that you like uh so I, I think i shared this with you quite earlier the 38 special has got a new uh mixtape out on spotify which i don't get how the fuck this shit works because i don't get music anymore but sure let's go for it and the reason i say this what do you mean you don't get notifications with uh, no the i mean i don't radar? understand how music works anymore so the 38 special's new album which is a mixtape so you know how back in the day like mixtapes used to be like like shit yeah over yeah. fucking somebody else's beats so you can't make money off it so 38 special's new shit which is basically him freestyling on known beats and this just came out like a week ago or something like that like a couple of days ago uh it's called 1995 and it's just him freestyling over beats and it's sort of like an appetizer for his new album that's coming out quite soon and obviously, I like 30 special. You love the guy. I just don't get how the fuck this shit is on Spotify because these are either he paid for like 
artists is uh we don't have to i don't think we don't have to, we have to spend much thinking on that because uh this is probably another gimmick that makes it sound like what you make mixtapes used to be but nobody's gonna put their own uh ass in hot water and expect a lawsuit so i'm pretty sure he did it safely because my question is how toast no no i agree but <laughs> my question and i still don't get this shit and i wish somebody and i'm probably gonna I, i need to probably research this but there's some beats on this album that are like super known and so for example uh since we're talking about new music uh Lil Wayne just put out a new mixtape uh, a couple of days ago or maybe last week or something like that and that shit is not on Spotify that shit is not so it's just, it's just Lil Wayne uh freestyling over known beats but that shit uh, other than a freestyle of him with uh Drake which is on a unique beat definitely recommend that shit uh it's pretty fire uh blue wayne just makes me sad man he <laughs> you, you remember pushy t saying that <laughs> that little wayne's probably gonna be touring till he's 60 or something because <laughs> because of the whole baby uh controversy with the with the whole the controversy with with the uh, with baby that has his nuts in a jar and Uh, that runs him up like yeah, that's been not anymore yeah you have the 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 yeah. carter i think it was, this one's old it was like two two years old uh, this conversation but like, uh, some, yeah he put out the carter five bro like that album has been sitting so he put out the carter five in 2018 and the whole beef with him and baby was like i think 2011 maybe started and then probably ended in 2017 2018 and then he put out the album Carter 5 it wasn't a, like what labels on baby shit like no they patched it. it up they patched that shit up and also let me tell you something very interesting right. that's been, uh going on and maybe some of our future listeners don't know uh, a lot about this shit is that a lot of these people uh music artists that is uh including Lil Wayne here because we're talking about him have been saying so there's a movement here which I'm not privy to the uh, or necessarily privy to the final sort of cash cow or money bank on it but there's a lot of sh fucking artists right now on the market selling their masters so again they own their masters right so you're getting money off whatever the fuck you own as a master uh, in music And they're selling these there's a couple of companies and one specifically i'm not going to name it right now you can google it so there's a special specific company a couple of uh, companies behind this one they're buying up masters from artists uh for like hundreds of millions of dollars so it's like so there was a there's news there's news right now that so so the, so the, so that means they have the right to redistribute or to that stream means that means basically that means that uh so for for example there's a there's this is the latest news and the latest artist to sort of show up at the news which is Lil Wayne that sort of that sold uh, his masters whatever the fuck he owned of them for uh, allegedly over 100 million I'm guessing it was more than that, but that was the news. So that means that company basically now owns your shit. That's a lot of purple drank. Well, that's correct. That However, this company now <laughs> owns your shit, and whatever the fuck they choose to do with it, either they get profits from streaming, either they get profits where the fuck they use it. 
But hang on a second. Why, why would these artists um, sell, sell, sell? That is them? the question. Um, I don't I know don't, either. Don't, and this is something it. that people need to be like really attentive to. And check this out because there's a shift going on. Because uh, people like I don't I don't recall there was some somebody really like old school uh, R and B singer that sold their shit. There's a like just Google it and you'll see uh, a shit ton of artists right now are selling their uh masters to these companies uh for like 300 i think uh the uh, not the weekend sorry not the weekend uh, what's that other guy? the dream the dream you know the dream kind of like yeah there you go he sold his shit for like 100 150 or something the the point is these companies uh, so what i'm trying to ask you or not ask you but just uh make you aware of is these companies are like buying people's masters for like way more than what they're worth right now so there's definitely a play here if you ask me because there's no fucking way people are like if your shit's worth like i don't know 20 mil check this out i i'm on forbes now and this this article that's called um hang on a second I you see are not I'm mute or not i'm not uh <laughs> yeah so there's this article on forbes that says 10 reasons why musicians should consider selling and publishing uh, selling publishing and masters and there's this article by this dude named uh peter yeah, don't put him on blast like <laughs> he's not on blast he, he just wrote something about this thing he said in my last article on forbes i discussed why today's acquisition market for music movie and television content has never been hotter demand for content is at its peak in our new tech and streaming driven multi-platform world of media and entertainment deep-pocketed well-resourced buyers around it's a seller's market here i discuss the flip side music acquisitions from the artist's perspective and lay out 10 reasons why artists should consider selling some of um, their music publishing uh, masters and or royalty streams and why artists uh, and their representatives um, gatekeepers who frequently don't even pass these opportunities on to the artists because they don't understand them should resist the knee-jerk reaction to dismiss them outright the first reason is um my god this guy is this is a huge piece on this man i'm just gonna voice out the reasons without going into detail so it's uh the artists and musicians hold the power in the seller's market and can retain control over their songs and recordings if they decide to sell control plus significant benefits of course second reason uh it's a great time to be an owner of valuable music publishing master rights and streaming royalties third one these acquisition deals can generate major tax benefits over ongoing royalty payments so i'm saying this is the best yet um buyers understand the fourth one buyers understand that musicians frequently don't need the money but getting paid top dollar right now is only one reason to sell perhaps even more important to many artists active buyers deep expertise and resources grow new opportunities for songs recordings and the artists overall brand and legacy fifth reason uh not all buyers are massive nameless faceless entities 
Active buyers listen to the artist's goals and give real attention and focus to the artist through songs, recordings, and overall brand. Sixth one, songwriters can customize publishing deals in any way they want, selling some or all of their publisher's share, writer's share, uh, or one but not the other. And recording artists need to sell their all master right, rights, right. We get it. We period. Get it. So it's you know pretty straightforward. It's, you know? it's, it's, um, it is, but you need to consider that the majority from what i've seen on the internet is just one company buying like shit ton of these people's masters so again i think i think that uh our goal is not to bore every cell in our listener's body um okay yeah so okay fine you're right let's not bore everyone to death with this subject uh although fascinating as it might be uh so i think yeah i think we're about done for uh for this turn for this time around wouldn't you agree Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's a couple of stuff we need to let our listeners know, um, so that they have a little guidebook uh, in terms of um, the whole, the greater, the whole idea behind the greater, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, what do we have? Uh, first of all, uh, what you guys need to know is we'll be posting every Thursday, so you'll be able to find us every Thursday on Spotify. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and whatever else, Anchor FM, whatever sort of medium you choose to use. And let's not forget, and let's not forget uh, social media, right? Instagram and Facebook, where we're, we promise to be as engaging as ever and uh, answer your, your questions, uh, look into your uh, research uh, suggestions. We're just like a sponge here. We, we're just waiting on people to, you know, bounce idea off ideas off of us and then you know it's definitely something we're looking forward to right yeah any constructive criticism is welcome i suppose and uh, i haven't mentioned yeah. criticism but you know you have to put ourselves in hot water and so be it thanks man i haven't mentioned criticism i was just saying i, yeah, said, I, suggest- constru- <laughs> <laughs> I said constructive that means people being Look, gentle i don't want to be criticized man this is like i'm the Kim Jong-un of, of content, right? There's no criticism, right, guys? All right. But I'm kidding, well, obviously. I'm kidding. She lied. Comments will be blocked. Everything will be blocked. Nobody's looking at your shitty comments. Fuck off our page. <laughs> Again. And that is a way <laughs> that's to going go on. out of flames, right? Yeah. Um, perfect. Grand opening. Grand opening. Grand opening. Grand opening. <laughs> So it's important to mention about the, the the Spotify thing. Each episode of The Greater will be accompanied by a soundtrack. You can find the soundtrack on Spotify. We'll always make sure to have the, the playlist available for you. And it's always going to be a conversation that is properly uh, accompanied, as I said, by by this um, by this playlist that we were going to share in the description of each episode so i'm pretty sure you're gonna enjoy it i'm not saying it's gonna be just hip-hop it's definitely not gonna be just hip-hop but it will definitely reflect um the subjects we're uh, we're looking at indeed indeed uh and uh yeah you know while we're here speaking of spotify and podcasts what is, might as well just give a quick shout out to your other podcast, which is Asymmetric. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned this. Uh, it, it's it's kind of cool that I get the chance to do this. And hopefully these projects will grow uh, organically. And, you know, looking back 
um, at this will we'll definitely be will definitely be fun. So shout out to Asymmetric Podcast, shout out to Tudor, uh, my co-host there. Um, we're at episode um, six, going strong now, finishing season one. So hey, thanks definitely. for absolutely definitely go check it out, guys. Episode five is uh, hilarious. Just uh, finished it today. And a, a small mention, it is in Romanian, so might be addressed to sort of a local uh, audience. But There's uh, plenty, that- plenty of our brothers, um, you know, abroad. So I'm guessing it's not necessarily just the local thing. It's just people that miss out, uh, that miss, miss the language and miss what's going on and miss some Romanian point of views. They can definitely tune in, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, that is also correct. And hey, like you said, you know, you hope these things grow organically. And if not, you know, there's always bot farms in Philippines or something like that. So we'll, we'll manage. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> oh, God. All right, guys. So I salute you. Thank you so much, guys and girls, for uh, sticking around. And make sure to, to follow us on Spotify, uh, Apple, whatever platform you have going on for, for, for podcasts. Uh, make follow us on um, social media as well, Instagram and Facebook, because um, uh, we got plenty of stuff to to go around. Thank you so much. See you next Thursday. Thank you. Peace.